What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sweat and Grime. It's Brian. We got Matt and Rick. And then on the phone, we actually have the wife of one of our previous guests. As you guys remember from a couple weeks ago, uh, we had Colton McCormack on. Tonight, we have his wife, Kate McCormack, on. Kate, how are you this evening? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing awesome. awesome. Pleasure to have you on. You are our first, our first woman on the podcast. Yeah, officially. Yes. So no pressure. Yeah. No Hopefully pressure. Hopefully I don't mess it up for any future women that you might interview. Because God, you guys may interview me and go, this was a horrible idea. Yes, never like, again. Why did we this bring is a male only podcast from here the, on yeah. out. <laughs> Let's there's, just get there's off no now. uh like hiccups or miscommunication here. It's just bold confidence coming from her phone. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> I like it. So just so everyone's aware, we did not have Kate on just because she is a female. Uh, we had her on because you are a field service manager for CAT. Is that correct? Yes, that is true. And so everybody in this industry goes nuts over CAT. So we were like, we have we to have you on. on. Yeah, absolutely. So could you just kind of for everyone? Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about your background. How did you get into the industry? Because females are, are not super common in the construction industry. What kind of brought you to where you are today? Oh boy. Uh, (laughs) that one. So actually this was not my intended career path. If we're going to be honest there, Um, I actually went to college and I originally was going to be a veterinarian. Nice. I had a biology class that just took me, kicked my butt and kicked me right out the door. And I went, well, never mind. Maybe I just want to do that. Kind of feels like my physics story. Yeah, I was about to say, I did the same thing with engineering and physics and calculus. I was like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, biology. I thought I was pretty good at it. And then I had a college biology class and went, oh. Yeah, this is is in junior year biology. Maybe not anymore. Yeah, it's a real deal. So I reevaluated my life and I changed my major and I ended up uh, graduating with a major, a bachelor's in science for livestock business management with a specialization in equine and cattle and a minor in pre-law. Now, one of the questions I had for you there is those are kind of two very divergent fields there. What's what's with the pre-law? What was the what was the thinking there? So my intention after I graduated college, um, I was actually going to go to law school um, and I was going to be an environmental lawyer, but my goal was to be on the side of farmers. So my background is I grew up in a very small farm town. Um, We're known primarily for our rice. We grow about 90% of the world's rice in our county and the counties surrounding it. That's crazy. So I was in China. Right. That's no. what I was going to guess. Asia is where we get most of our rice and yeah. you're firing no. off with California. Wrong. Yeah. Northern California, little small county, Sutter County, Butte County, Glen County, Calusa County. They are primarily known for their rice production. So I was going to go to college and fight for farmers' rights, water rights, because not a lot of people know in California there is a water rights system. All right. so and there's a lack there, of water. Apparently, there, they there, don't use it as it's burning down. Well, <laughs> it evaporates. Yes, that's very true. Um, but there are some farmers in that area that own water rights dating 
you know, way past the California government existed itself. So it's like so a Yellowstone uh, you know, sequel. You got to blow up the river to divert it yeah. over to your farm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Let's think about We'll talk uh, about this after. So we're not recording. It yeah, absolutely. Yeah, about it. We don't want to give up our ideas on here. Too many people listen. <laughs> so I did that with the attention to go to law school. And then uh, I looked at how much law school costed. And my parents said, yeah, no, we're not going to help you. So you're on your yes. own. And I said, no. So you got, no. got very excited. And all of a sudden the no came. <laughs> exactly. I mean, by the time I would have been done, I would have been about 100 grand in debt. And I thought, Ooh. yeah, no, never mind. So yeah. I then went and worked at a horse breeding farm right out of college. And I did that and loved and what, that. What did you do at the yeah, horse breeding what, what farm? <laughs> God, I want to push well, the sound effects so bad, but <laughs> did your husband I don't want to scare you off with, our uh, first female this guest. <laughs> before you met your husband? <laughs> this was before I met my husband. All right, yes, so you have, haven't had a secret ingredient yet. <laughs> no, 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 but I, I did every, I mean, Everything from pulling pulling out horses, you know, to helping them in the breeding shed and everything like that. So really loved that. It really called to me. But I was given one piece of really good advice by my boss. So he had told me, he was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? I was like, this, this is awesome. I love this. He goes, but you like to rodeo and ride horses, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, don't do this. <laughs> really? Like, oh, like, do they have not? a, or go ahead. Sorry. I, I was like, well, why not? And he goes, cause you can't afford to do those things if you do this. <laughs> so gotcha. I, you know, took it with a grain of salt and thought, eh, you know, what does he know? You know, he may be older Crouchy than the old man. Yeah. <laughs> what does he know? And then I went and worked for a big cutting horse farm here in Texas. And I was in charge of 50 horses and over 500 head of cattle and wow. quickly realized, oh, I now know what he meant by that. And so I got burnt out and the lady I worked for decided that she was kind of going to downsize and readjust her program. And so I moved back home and the guy I was dating at that time, he was a big farmer and rancher in the area. And I was walking into the local John Deere ag dealer one day to go pick up parts because, you know, girlfriend of the farmer meant that I was running part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My life was a lot of fun doing all that stuff. And I walked in and guy said, Hey, do you want a job? And I kind of looked at him and I was like, how did you know I wanted a job? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now this is where I'm going to play the reverse sexism card. That never happens to guys. No, gee, no one's ever been like, you know, son, you look like you want a job. Yeah, never. <laughs> well, maybe, but that's another story for another day. They must, they must have seen it on my face that day that I was so tired. It was hot. It was the middle of, you know, groundwork season in the springtime, and I'm covered in dirt and grease, oil, whatever. And they must have been, she looks like she could really 
need to do something else with her life. <laughs> Either that you or know? we need to take her out back and, and put her out of her misery. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the above. And so uh, I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And he goes, I need a service writer. And I said, sure, that really couldn't be hard. So I ended up working for the local John Deere ag dealer and I was service writer there. And man, that was an experience and a half because you definitely get a lot of looks when people start walking through the shop and realize that there is a female in there. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, what is that? Think, <laughs> yeah. They do she the dogs at home. The pause. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still, I still get that. And my last boss that I had working here at the Caterpillar dealership, he used to joke that I was like this buried treasure that they have. Because I'm always hidden away up in an office. So when I go walking through the shop, everything you know, stops. Think, <laughs> you think some mystical unicorn just walks <laughs> by trying to figure out what's going on. So I worked for the ag dealership. I worked in service. I worked in parts. And then my last job with them, I worked in the warranty department. So I was kind of a jack of all trades there, it felt like. And then... I ended up actually, I'm sure my husband probably didn't tell, but I'm going to rat him out here. Uh Uh-oh. So, I met my husband because I was originally his boss. Oh, he did tell us that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we we did get into the little saltiness there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Was that when you were hiring him or firing him? So, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays (laughs) off for him. Neither. Didn't have to hire or fire. He was there when I came over to his shop at that time. And uh, we ended up going our separate ways. Um, I went to go work in the parts department at a different location. And then I went out and had knee surgery. And then I came back and worked in the warranty department. And he ended up being at that location where I was at. And we just started to talk. And at that point, we started to talk more, and now here we are. <laughs> he, he got himself a yeah. unicorn. So he's a really good talker. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way you don't get fired is you date the boss. Absolutely. Yeah. That's job security until you have an argument, and then you're in hot waters. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, yes. God, HR does not hear this call. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so now this was all in the, the deer ag side? Yes, in Northern California. Yep. Gotcha. And I do want to back up in your story because you guys currently live in Texas. You're both from California, but you mentioned the ranch you were working on was in Texas. Yes. I moved out here for a short blip back in probably 2013, 2014. Okay. And where were you at on the the ranch? I was in Weatherford, Texas, and I was pretty much the made sure everything didn't die and the ship didn't burned to the bottom of the lake that was that was my goal in life so i handled all of that i kept my life fairly interesting now did they also, have cowboys on the ranch or what was that like you know so i'm thinking ranch did, i don't know much about that world so so enlighten us cutting, cutting horse ranches are much fancier like think think like the range rovers the lexuses the yeah. you know the besties like so like the stables at like the Kentucky Derby. Yes, that style. horse oh, yeah. ranches are not yes. cattle ranches. All right, all right, yeah. Right. Oh gotcha. yeah, oh yeah. Some of those horses are worth more than probably me. Like yes. let's be real. <laughs> and as an employee, they probably treat you as so such. So you're worth like 1.5 million dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, I can tell you, I remember distinctly my favorite conversation. I can call it my favorite now. My time, it pissed me right on off. But <laughs> my favorite conversation with my boss was arguing with her about how much a piece of hay weighed. And we literally got a scale out. And for some reason, I ended up being right that day. And man, it was the best feeling in the world. How, how much does a piece of hay weigh? Well, I guess that depends upon what size bill you're getting and who. Uh, oh, dropping bombs. See, I'm thinking like a, a strand <laughs> That's of what, hay, yeah, not I a bale. I thought you bought, brought out a little kitchen scale yeah. for this thing. Because I would say a bale of hay on a dry day, I would say 56 pounds. Yeah, we were we were pretty close, but I mean, she was <laughs> she was probably on the verge of wanting to kill me at that point in time. We're good friends now. All we right. get along, but <laughs> so don't. In a fight with you about don't hay. fuck with horse yeah, people. Yeah, That's yeah. one thing yeah. that you learn very quickly in Texas is you don't <laughs> fuck with horse people. <laughs> my, husband, my husband would also tell you not to marry horse people if you were to ask him that. <laughs> they love you more than well, they love horses more than they love you. Yes, ultimately, yes. Yeah. Now, do you guys have horses of your own right now or no? I do. I have one oh, horse. Shit. You're I have expensive have- uh, wife. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I pay for that myself. Don't oh, worry. Right, 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 okay, right. there you go. So you, I was looking at your Instagram. You barrel race? I do. That's awesome. Do you do any roping or anything? Or are you primarily barrel racing? I started off with roping, um, and then for some reason, I decided that I was going to go be what they call a Betty barrel racer, and that's where I've stuck ever since. That's. I've never personally barrel raced, but uh, I was friends with people that were were hardcore into barrel racing. And I will say, like that's the sports car of the the animal world, right, right there. You're you're rolled driving a, a, a fucking Ferrari. It's it is insane watching what those horses will oh, do, yeah. and then the fact that a person can keep their ass glued in the saddle is incredible. <laughs> that's awesome. I've got one. I've got one right now that has made me really debate on getting a seatbelt installed because. There has been many a time he has left my ass literally behind at the barrel, and I'm just praying to God I hold on and fall outside of the. I need to watch some YouTube videos of this. Oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. So, so when I was growing up, we had horses for a short while, and my horse that I got, she was, and I want to say she was like three or four at the time, and she was like a purebred and she was a barrel racing horse that horse scared the shit out of me and we ended up selling her because it was just like if she decided to go you were not going to stop her and there was one day i was out riding her and she took off first stand of trees and it was like okay i have to make a very important decision on how i'm going to handle the situation yeah how do i tuck and roll how do you land coming down (laughs) so oh yeah my husband might make sure to remind me that you know, this horse, whenever I go run him, he goes, you got it. You have to run. Like, go, go. And I'm like, man, I feel like I'm running. He goes, no, <laughs> you're yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> so, awesome. so so you were with uh, with John Deere Ag for a while. And then, yeah. then kind of where did you go from there in your career? So after that, my husband and I actually, um, we ended up moving to Texas together probably, oh my God three or four months after we had started dating because that makes common sense, right? Oh, yeah. I was about oh, yeah. to say, if I remember the storyline, you guys did that whole pilgrimage not married. 
No, and not married at all. Made so a bold strategy, person. Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off for him. But I, we'd only been dating about three or four months, and we had it was probably a Monday or Tuesday night when we were still living in California, and we were talking about moving. And I told him that I would love to go back to Texas, and I loved Texas when I lived there. And so he applied for a job at the local John Deere construction yep. dealership there. They ended up calling him out. And I will tell you, any advice to men, women, whatever, if you really want to test that you are with the right person, we got in the car uh, at 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning, drove all the way through to Texas. He interviewed Monday morning. We got back in the car and drove all the way back through to California. So we left on a Saturday morning and got back on a Tuesday night. You know, that's yeah. the second and you're time. still together. I was about to say, that's the second time we've been through that story. And it's yeah. still, when yeah. I hear it, I'm just like, sweet wow. Jesus. That's awesome. <laughs> but there wasn't, there wasn't no Vaseline and plugging holes. In this <laughs> no, we were, we were solid. And that's when I remember telling my mom, I was like, I think we'll be just fine. And she goes, I think you are nuts. And I thought, that's fine. That's okay, Mom. I'll take that. It's either going to be a fiery <laughs> pile of wreckage that arrives, or it's going to be two people that really love each other. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And here and we so, are, uh, hearing both he of you guys' love stories. Yeah, he got offered a job, and he ended up having to turn it down originally because my job fell through, and they had asked him, well, what does your wife do? And he said, well, funny you ask that. And so they were like, oh, hey, we have a job opening for the preventative maintenance um, manager, you know, would she be interested in that? I told myself, I'm never going to go back into service. Like, I'm going to go back into service. And here we are. She's like back a beautiful black hole that slowly draws you <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, just gets sucked right back in. <laughs> exactly. So we ended up accepting the job. And they're like, great, we'll see you in three weeks. And I was like, oh, oh my. So we scrambled. We moved out here to Texas. And we both started working for the construction dealer for. But the I think your his story was you have a, a much more lavish, uh, you know, interview process than he did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I got flown out. I stayed in a nice hotel. They took me out to not the La Quinta. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. Not, no, or the U-Haul. <laughs> nice hotel. You know everything. I'm sure he'll remind me of that every day. And just as he reminds me, when we first moved out here, we were homeless for 24 hours. But yeah, we heard about that. That was excellent. That awesome. He's going to hold <laughs> that over never, your head forever. Oh, he'll put it on my gravestone if I die first. I'm sure. <laughs> the woman who made me homeless after being flown to yeah. Texas. <laughs> exactly. The woman who decided we were going to move to Texas and then we're homeless. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's very Exactly. So we both worked for the John Deere construction side. Um, and then he went out and started to work for a private contractor. And I ended up leaving or being terminated from my position for political reasons and ended Salty. up over at Caterpillar. So. And so how so, long have you been with Caterpillar? I have been with Caterpillar now for over a year. Very cool. Gotcha. Now, awesome. pros, cons, you like it, you love it, you hate it, or is it just another job? You know, to be honest with you, I love it. And I didn't expect to love it because being at the John Deere 
construction side, all you hear is the negatives about your competitors and sure. how horrible they are and everything. And I remember applying for the job and thinking, there's no way, like, I'm never going to get this job. And I remember sitting in on my interview and I don't know what it is about companies here in Texas, but they all like to have this thing where they have like their values and actions that they promote. Oh, yes. Yes. For each company. And I remember the John Deere. The brainwashing. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the construction John Deere that I worked for had that as well. And I felt like they only used that when they wanted to beat you with it. Yeah. And it was for every reason you effed up they were going to use that again. Now, Kate, you. you weren't practicing value number four. Our color <laughs> yes. is green and yes. yellow. Exactly. And so I remember when I sat in my interview for Caterpillar, I went, oh, dear Jesus, help yes. me. You know? John Deere Jesus? Yes, John Deere Jesus. Yeah. John, yeah. That's a little known fact. John Deere actually has their own Jesus. That's how big John Deere is. That wouldn't stop the pack. <laughs> so go on so you you got to caterpillar and now what position you hold what position there i'm a field service manager there and that's what i've been since i was hired awesome and, and so well go ahead oh, you go ahead okay i was just going to ask so what exactly does a field service manager for cat do what what's your kind of day-to-day roles entail um, I like to call it an adult babysitter. No, that sounds bad. Okay. <laughs> I hope all of the cat techs hear this. <laughs> that was my role as no. a superintendent. Yeah. At least you got a couple of weeks before this rolls out. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. You, you can set yourself up. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Maybe I should just go start pleading the fifth. That's right. It's okay. You can, you can pray to John Deere Jesus. You learned that, that you in your pre-law. <laughs> the fifth. Exactly. No. So, I mean, I handle dispatching technicians to service calls. Um, I do all of the billing of the work orders. I do their time cards. I make sure their trucks are running operationable. I mean, I am essentially a paper pusher, their mom, you know, making sure that none of them have died throughout the day. Um, That's a pretty hefty role. Yeah. Well, like I told them, we started and we were meeting each other for the first time. I told them, I said, look, I could care less about whether or not I get X amount of dollars billed out that day. I mean, if I don't get you home safely at the end of the day, I did not do my job. That's the best answer and the best words come out of a superior's mouth. Literally. That's what she said. (laughs) That is what she said. So, so uh, so you've been there for a year now. Uh, One of the questions I would have, you know, especially being a female in the industry, how difficult was it to kind of get the respect of the technicians? Oh, I still struggle with it. You know, when I was in California, I don't feel like I had too hard of a time with it. If I have to take a step back and look a couple years, I think the biggest issue I had and I wouldn't really call it an issue because I think I was given a lot of grace because of who I was dating at the time. And everyone knew, oh, that's so-and-so's girlfriend, she knows her shit. so we should be okay, you know? Yep. But I did remember getting into like a tiff with a customer who was like, 
needing a schematic. And I'm like, cool, what do you need it for? What machine? What are you looking to look at? And he was like, no, I need to talk to your boss. I'm like, he's not here. But I, I am the boss. It says it on my and, shirt, right? Yeah. And he just was like, well, I don't think you know what, I, what I'll need. And I'm like, why don't you just try me, you know? And I re- remember getting it for him and he just stared at it and then stared at me and he was like, yeah, okay, thanks. And walks out. I'm like, all right, no problem. But uh, when we- That feeling would feel so good. Yes. I, I, I felt the feeling that you probably just had there. I was like, yeah, just tingling of <laughs> excitement going through your body. Like, I just won that shit. Yeah, pretty much. Like, But at the same it, time, but- frustrated that you even yeah, had to go you, through and yeah, prove it yourself? It shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. A little bit. But then it was extra frustrating when we moved to Texas. And being that we're from California. The egos like- are much... Uh, much larger in Texas. Just much as everything larger, else. but I also have to remind myself that we're in the South, and I could not tell you, I don't have enough fingers and toes to tell you how many times I had customers ask why I wasn't at home and why my husband couldn't provide for me. Now, sweetheart, I, what are you having to do work here in this here service department? Yeah. Why ain't your husband provide for you? I can hear it already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There was many a times I had customers just flat out be like, what's wrong with your husband? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are now, you Was that working? them hitting on you? Like, you should come no, over to my world was, and you could stay at home? Yeah, you know, no, one of those things. Was, like, men are disgusting. They, they- <laughs> it was that, that old timey, very, you know, sexist kind of what are you doing here kind of thing. And I, there's a lot of old timers that I still have that with you know that i'll bump heads into every once in a while but and they're like you're still here <laughs> now honey why ain't you found yourself a, a good man that'll let you stay at home yeah yeah why aren't you at home cooking and raising babies yeah don't you you, you guys got a couple babies at home why ain't you sitting at home taking care of those babies <laughs> no, exactly. i give you big props for what you do i'm originally from texas so none of this is is shocking to me yeah. at all so I will say you've picked up the accent so, so well. You are making me very homesick, though. Like, I haven't heard that level of Texas accent in, in quite a while, and it's actually making me, I'm shocked at how nostalgic it's making me, so. <laughs> I, have to, I have had to get pretty good at it because that's the only way I can understand people sometimes when they call in for an issue. Yeah. There are some times I talk to people on the phone, and I'm going, where is Google Translate? Because I'm sure... This is a different language. Yes. Where is the redneck translation button? Google <laughs> <laughs> help me. So, so I know it's been it's been difficult to get respect. Uh, you know, as a female, and, and comment as as much as you're comfortable with. But as a female, uh, how often do you have to deal with real, true sexual harassment, and how do you find yourself dealing with that? Oh, I sure. Let's let's go for this. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry if it, if and if you're I, uncomfortable, this was a Hail don't, Mary. Yeah, don't worry about it. But well, I this do, is what we're here for. You I know, was we about to say this is one of those the topics listeners and people to hear that. Yeah, I don't want to shy a, away from yeah. it, and I want to kind of put it in the spotlight because you know the the vast majority of our audience is going to be, be male, and and it needs to be something that needs to be brought to their attention because I think some guys don't realize what they say and the impact that it has on females. And so that is something that I do want to highlight with our female guests on this on this podcast. So like I said, if it makes you uncomfortable, we can absolutely bypass it, share what you're comfortable with. But I also don't want to shy away from it. 
heck no it doesn't make me uncomfortable you guys will probably be more uncomfortable by what i have to say oh that's oh boy i'm putting my feet up for this one i'm getting (laughs) so i will say i have had a boss that didn't think i paid attention or didn't think that i knew what people were saying who very openly would take inappropriate pictures of my butt when I wow. was at work, send them to other people and to technicians. Wow. That's he didn't bold. think I knew that, but let's just say that that dealership that I worked at was a very good old boys club. So their solution to it was just moving me around to different locations Excellent. to not address the problem. Wow. I, I will say, though, that I'm probably a different breed of woman when it comes to it because I will hold my own and I will shoot back at you. And that's just because I grew up around a lot more men than I did women. So my first word was probably the F word. No, no. My mom Which one's that? So- <laughs> Fun. Farfic, Fun. It's a German Fun. word. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... I'm very comfortable in a lot of situations and I don't tolerate a lot. I mean, if people are making comments about stuff, I promise you, I will comment back and probably take you off guard completely by it because in this day and age, I think there's a decision that has to be made and it's, we can be such babies about it and just be like, Oh my God, their words hurt me. Sorry. That sounded so Californian. (laughs) (laughs) Well practiced. (laughs) You know, and just be so offended by everything, or you can just grow a backbone and put the people in the place and let it run. Exactly. I have a lot more respect for people who are going to be able to banter with me and who will be able to hold their own with me because I promise you I will hold my own with you. But if you ask my husband, I'm also 100% oblivious if someone's talking to me in like a hitting on me way. Like my husband would be like, you know, he was flirting with you, right? And I'm my like, wife's no. the same way. I'm like, how did you not pick up on the fact that he was tr- yeah. totally trying to get up in there? And no, what? No. What? Yes. Just being nice. <laughs> yeah. We're all men. We know where he was going. <laughs> yeah. It drives him absolutely nuts. And I'm like, I, nope. I mean, whatever. And it's probably just because of how I was raised and grown up around, you know, a lot of males that I just, I don't um but it is it is very prevalent out there i mean i've had customers flat out hit on me before and which hitting hitting on somebody or like talking to somebody is one thing being a pervert or just just not professional you know in a setting of yours you know or anywhere you know being just sexy or sexual with somebody (laughs) You know, is not appropriate. You know what I mean? There's we're grown ups. That motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sexual. Shit. I poor, fucked that poor one up. Poor Totten. We've got him so tongue tied now. He's so uncomfortable. Yeah. You were right. You were right, Kate. You made Totten more uncomfortable than you are. I'm not good at talking to girls. I can see Totten trying to sell a job and the wife comes out and he's just sexified in front of her. I mean, I have. I had a technician that worked for me, and man, bless his heart. There you go. There's oh, the there's the Texas right there. Fuck, bless that's so heart. good. Bless his heart, and then we're yeah. going to cream him. <laughs> he, he was the sweetest guy, and he meant well, but my God, 
he would not talk to me because of his wife. And he thought it was so disrespectful to work for me because of his wife. And it was just the hard, I'm like, dude, I'm your boss. I could care less about what you have going on personally in your life. Like if you, if this doesn't work, I need to know because we're going to have to figure something out for you. And I'm not going anywhere. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And then I had, I had another technician, sweetest guy. We, we called him Rain Man. The sun, the sun bless so bad. his heart. You got to, anytime you insult, you got to follow it with a bless his heart. It's kind of like doing the, the crucifix as a Catholic. <laughs> He's like, this kid's smart. And every time I'd have to have a meeting with him or do like a performance evaluation, he would never look at me. He would look at the wall. He would look at the floor. I mean, anything. Maybe but he didn't I- understand what a performance evaluation was. <laughs> <laughs> now that I don't work with him and I talk to him, he was like, I just didn't know how to act around you. And yeah. I thought, well, and that's actually, cool. yeah, the, that's a great top. Go ahead, man. It's very dangerous. Like being a man in the construction or just in general, trying to talk to a woman and being just nice and just trying to try, like strike a conversation with them, it's scary because you're like, how are they going to take this? Exactly. Is HR going to be coming to me in two seconds saying, hey, you're hitting on and you said something like sexual. Inappropriate. inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, you crossed so the line. So it's a very yeah, fine line that you got to walk sometimes depending on where you're at. And, and that's actually a great kind of little miniature topic of discussion if you're comfortable going down the road of, could you kind of educate? Let's go. Yeah, the, the listeners, really, can you educate What's appropriate for us yeah. to say to yeah, you? Yeah, where, you know, because it is, I've, I've been in the situation as well where kind of like a, a female, especially in our industry, because everyone makes dirty sexual jokes in the construction industry. It's just ingrained. And so a female will make a dirty sexual joke on the job. And as a guy, you're like, oh my God, am I allowed to laugh? Where is the line? So, <laughs> and that's kind of a ridiculous position to be in, but I feel like that's kind of this process that we're going through um, as as kind of people who are evolving to no longer be these sexist assholes, we're kind of as males fumbling our way through this. What is the appropriate way to react? How Where is that line? And what's okay to talk about? And what's okay to joke about? Could you kind of give us your perspective on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I'm going to call myself an oddity because I will be the one that will crack that joke and then also banter with you about it. And I have to say, I feel like if you're going to work in this industry, you have to understand male, female, you have to understand that there are going to be points that obviously everyone's going to have their limit of comfort and comfortability. But I'm thinking of someone's cracking off jokes you're going to figure it out pretty quickly. Sure. And most women that are, are in this trade, construction, agriculture, I mean, they've got to be able to hold their own because the biggest thing I've been able to discover and find, and like you were saying, women in agriculture, in construction, in a lot of these trades, it's rare, but I don't think we should be shutting women out. because no, not at all. I mean, I get it all the time still, even in my position, like people find it weird that there is a female working in service and not just in service, but in like a high position in service, being a service manager. They let you guys become managers. (laughs) You know, I have to look at them and I go, 
I don't understand. I mean, I'm not have a, a woman manager. <laughs> I have a coworker who's also a field service manager and is also a female. And I have a lot of respect for her because she started out in the field, turning wrenches. Oh, wow. Doing and stuff. So, you know, in this day and age when we're already struggling to find people to do these kinds of jobs, don't cut women out. I know just because we're not maybe as strong as men, but I promise you our brains can figure something out. I think well, you're you, just you as strong as stronger. I mean, you learned how to program that kitchen clock really yeah. well, so. <laughs> I mean, you guys got to be able to take it to the next level, though, the way you guys think and the way you guys process things. I mean, we can't hardly even multitask. You know, we could text and eat. We can't have a conversation and do 50 other things where you guys could juggle 20, 30, 40 things at a time and yet still be focused on one task that you're accomplishing as you're distributing everybody else. So I'd have to say the downgrade of playing the women, even in a higher position or equivalent to, you know, people don't understand because you guys were always just a crack of the jokes until you're standing in front of us and it's not a joke no more. Yeah. yeah. It's business. Yeah. So I don't, I don't I mean, think the men really know how to take it versus, you know, you got the guy talking men drama, which is just horrible. And then here you are just cracking a couple of jokes back at them. I mean, it's kind of like deer in the headlights. Yes. I, the, the things I told my technicians, like when I first started here at Caterpillar, you know, when I was meeting with my techs, I said, look, I can easily understand some aspects of it. I said, I could probably tear something down. Don't ask me to put it back together, but I'll tear it apart for you. I'll get half the job um, done for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do half of it for you. I'm, um, don't, don't ask me to do the rest of it. But, <laughs> you know, I may not fully 100% know mechanically what's going on. I'll ask you questions to, to gather more information if I need to. I said, but at the end of the day, Y'all are the one turning the wrenches. I'm going to trust your decisions of what you're doing out there. You guys are got your boots in the ground right there. You're in front of that machine. I'm sitting behind a desk on a phone. Yep. I said, you're telling me that I have to condemn that machine, send it to a shop. I'll back you. But don't burn me. Sure. You burn me. And I'm going to make sure your life hurts a little bit. And then you understand the woman's scorn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that sounds so malicious and makes us sound so bad, but at the same time, any service manager is going to do that. They're going to take your back on it, but I promise you, if you probably screw them over, they ain't going to be too happy with you. Yeah, absolutely. So as a female in this industry, what would you say is has been some of the harder hurdles? And this is kind of even getting outside of the scope of sexism and sexual harassment. Just overall, if you think back of your career, what have been some of the bigger hurdles that you feel uh, you've had to come across as a female in the industry? Being talked to as if I am an idiot. This is not a joke. I had a salesman when I was at the construction dealer for John Deere tell me to my face that there was no way in heck that these brand new dump trucks that they had dropped off at this big site because they kept calling it in for parking brake issues and brake issues. And just that they were having so many issues. And I finally told him, I said, well, it would be helpful if the operators didn't slam the parking brakes on while still driving the unit. 
It's not good to slam the unit in with the brake. Yeah, and he goes, that's impossible. There's a feature in there that makes it so that that can't happen. I said, oh, really? You know, and every time I talked to him, he talked down to me. Well, he ended up meeting with the John Deere engineers to look at these machines because this customer had bought about, oh, God, probably 10 or 15 of these dump trucks. Just a couple dollars. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Lots. Yeah, lots of money. And he ended up calling me and he goes, oh, so I guess it was possible that you could drive through the parking brake. And I was like, no shit. What? You son of a bitch. (laughs) Did he apologize? No, that was his apology. That's not a man thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of those that every time he called anyone, everyone groaned in the office because Mm. they knew what was coming, which was you were going to get screwed over in some way, and it was going to be your fault. Oh, yeah. We we had those customers. I sold equipment for two and a half years, and we had those customers that it was like, fuck, you know, John's calling, and you know he's going to want something for free, and he's trying to blame us, even though he doesn't know how to fucking run his back. Oh, yeah. Yes. Those are my those are my favorite ones that that attempt to do that. No, I just being treated as if you're stupid is the hardest part because it's like, look, I get it. I don't. I'm not a male. I don't have a dick. Like I get it, but That's I good promise to know. That, <laughs> that you know that lets us know where Colton stands. So. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you I have a brain. It's fully functioning. I've yeah. got a college degree, So far, you know. in the half hour, 45 minutes we've been talking to you, you're over exceeding my expectations. You, you And, and awesome. Matt had a very low expectation because yeah. you were a female. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> God damn it. Bring it on. Absolutely. He's, you're I just did teeing not. yourself up this evening, man. <laughs> now, what do, you, like- what do you do when you run into a situation and you're walking out to like one of your field technicians to pick their brain. Is there some hostility kind of being drawn there with being male to female relationship when you're asking for advice or having a conversation? Like you should just know this cause you're my manager and you're a female or is it pretty, pretty openly talked about? You know, I will always start if I have a question. I said, I have a stupid question. That will always be how my conversations start if I have a question. Because I guarantee you, in their eyes, it's going to be a stupid question. But in my eyes, it's more just so I can You're learning. Well, and I was about to say, I don't even think that's a female to male thing. Help me help you. When I was a sales guy, I did the same thing because it, it immediately disarms the technician and kind of says, hey... I'm submitting to you as an authority on this because I don't know what I'm talking about. Here's my dumb question mechanically because I'm a sales yeah. guy. And I found that I always found that that immediately disarmed them. And they were like, no, no, no. I'll, now they te- they take you to teach you as opposed to Ugh, this guy. Now, there will be times I will admit that I will call my husband first and ask him my stupid questions so I don't sound 100% percent That's the smartest thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. You got a resource there. Utilize it. Hey, he made it past 90 days and got the $2 raise, so he is worth something. That's true. (laughs) So he he gets to hear my stupid questions first, and I guarantee you there have been times where he groans and rolls his eyes and goes, oh, my God, you did not just ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, wouldn't that be hilarious? (laughs) Now, as long as you don't ask it again. 
What is it like being married to somebody that just has that kind of knowledge in the field? It makes my life a heck of a lot easier. And I would, I like to tell people I feel that I have an advantage in my job because I'm able to fully understand and comprehend what their day is like as a field technician. Yeah. Uh, and it helps me be able to have those conversations with them because I know when it's a hundred degrees here with like 80% humidity, yeah. I'm no far miserable as I sit in my air conditioned office with my heater on because I'm cold. <laughs> yeah. As you they're know? calling you with a, my fucking AC is out. Yeah. What do the I service do? service like, truck is fucked. Um, well, did you start the machine yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let oh, me call well, my husband to see how we fix this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my favorite was the other day having a conversation with my husband about a job he had gone to look at. And he goes, it was a stupid caterpillar machine because he'll tell me all the time it was a stupid caterpillar <laughs> machine. Now that I work for Caterpillar. Yeah, that's absolutely. Got to shit out. on the competitor. <laughs> exactly. And uh, he'll say, you know, I went on job and they said the heater didn't work. Well, come to find out they hadn't turned the heater valve on, you know, oh, for nice. the last go to the engine. and. The foreman said, yeah, I knew that. I just didn't want to do it. And so, <laughs> so you wanted a field tech to come out to, to do say, this? So you want to pay a fucking field service call to have someone turn on the heater core for you? I think you? he just wanted to talk to you. That's so, so, <laughs> so I ended up having a conversation with one of my field techs and I, he said, yeah, they had the heater not working. I said, let me guess where the heater valve's not open. And he goes, yeah, actually, they weren't. And I said, ha-ha, knowledge. <laughs> Winning. So let me ask you this. Now now that you're kind of in the role that you are, uh, well, even prior to this role, were you kind of mechanically inclined? Did you know much about motors or ever work on them? And then now oh, now that you're in horses. this role, well, that's right. <laughs> so now that you're in this role, have you found yourself kind of delving more into the workings of engines so that you kind of understand what's going on? I would say that, yes, I am probably more mechanically inclined than maybe some other individuals are. And I'm going to say that probably I'm going to thank my father and I'm going to thank my ex-boyfriend. Who? How many people do you often hear thanking their ex-boyfriend? But <laughs> Earmuffs, Colton. That's right. Don't let Colton listen. Oh, no. You're going to call us tomorrow. Yeah. To edit Leap that it out. out. <laughs> We don't edit anything. Thank God. But um, my dad, this this is really bad, and y'all will laugh and understand as soon as I say it. We'll say this. So, growing up rodeoing, riding horses, you know, it was a lot of you better figure out how to get some stuff going if you plan to rodeo and go down the road. Yeah. So, my dad, in his infinite wisdom, decided that he was going to buy a Ford F 250 with the 60 engine in it. Excellent. Right. Yes. The one that had all the issues. Yes. So that was my truck. But if you ask him, it was his truck. Um, that was my truck. And let me tell you, I had that sucker for maybe four or five years. And because of that truck, I had to learn to get mechanically inclined. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I pulled injectors on that sucker. I mean, I remember one time and I haven't even done one. I was about to say, I, you just, you just outmanned half of the men out there that, yeah, yeah I can't say I've ever pulled injectors on I'm a diesel. A man. <laughs> well, that was, 
That was only because of the fact that we had had them done and then they ended up taking a shit on us like six months later. And my dad was like, I am not paying for that again. So oh, yeah. Getting injectors out. done on one of those by the dealership or a mechanic is like how outrageous. I think out the door, we were like four or five grand out the door. I believe where it. this is going. I believe it. You, you married a technician so you don't have to pay for the shit anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. You're no, fucking no, genius. No, just no, full circle. We're not even going to go there on that <laughs> one. We have to buy a new car because he, he doesn't want to touch it. said he was not going to work on it. So let's just make that clear. <laughs> most mechanics have a broken down car. Uh, yeah, I was going to say most yes. mechanics so are like, new, fuck it, I'll take it to somebody else. Because they don't know how to work on it because it's just all plastic. I always laugh when people get so excited because they see a car for sale and it says mechanic owned and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh God. It's not going to run. Yeah, don't do that one. <laughs> it's not going to run. That's why he's getting rid of it. No, I, I would say I'm mechanically inclined. I, there are still some things that I don't fully 100% understand and, and that's just fine. Like I said, I will gladly help you tear something apart. I'm going to throw everything everywhere. But, you know, I'm not going to probably help you put it back together. But my ex-boyfriend did make sure As long that as I, you bring a beer every half hour, yeah. well, it's getting yeah. put back together. Sexist yeah. motherfucking You got most people's You hearts. know what? You bring me a beer and you can help me with whatever you... <laughs> you don't have to make dinner. You don't have to do anything. Just bring me a beer. <laughs> yeah. No, my ex did make sure that I understood stuff because there would be times and... <sighs> bless his heart there it is bless his heart here it comes yeah i remember we had we had just fixed that wonderful 6-0 truck we just brought it back from ford because it needed a a detroit you know a michigan person it's a 6.0 it's not 6-0 it's a 6-0 man it's a 6.0 there's a freaking period in between oh my gosh totten 6.0 just ignore totten on this one he he doesn't understand it's 5.0 it's not a 5.0 from a guy who drives a gas truck (laughs) 6.0 it's also two-wheel drive you asshole (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's also a guy that just paid for his transmission to get fixed and he's like I gotta take it back. <laughs> yeah, actually, next week I'm getting a whole new transmission put in because of a rebuild twice. No shit, yeah, fucked you, up. Uh, you they tried to play me like they tried to play me like a woman. <laughs> like I didn't know what they're talking about. Oh, it was horrible. Is it a Dodge? Did I no, miss no, Whoa, it's a it's a silver It's a Chevy. So you're gonna have what? to have Kate call the dealership down there for you. Ta- That's right. Your yeah. business. If if they don't oh. fix it this next time, the next podcast I will out their asses. You can totally call me and I will call them because my favorite is when I go to take my car to get its oil changed or get something done on it. I'll my have ex may talk. get mad about that if I have and another I'm one like, to call. I'm like, uh, no, I don't need that. Like, don't. They're like, oh, you should get this additive. And I'm like, no, don't. No, don't give me that shit. Yeah. Like, yes. I, come on. Yeah, it's burning more oil. We're going to put something else in it. More oil. Well, and that's, you know, to kind of go back to the point you made earlier, unfortunately, you know, Texas being being my original home state, it's so bad down there. The the sexism is so bad. Texas is far behind the rest of the world when it comes to being cultured. (laughs) That's huge. It is. But it's not as big as Alaska. What was that? I said Texas is not always bad. I do I do adore Texas for a lot of its cultural slowness, if we're gonna put it that way. Sure. Yeah, sure. But I mean, we're not over here 
Oh yeah, uh, here, whatever. We're not over here making general, <laughs> gender neutral bathrooms, and I don't have to walk into my Target and pray to God that there's not a male. My outhouse at my cabin bathroom. up north is gender neutral. Yeah, so Excuse we're me. very progressive up here. Matt is very progressive. <laughs> we don't judge. Is it an outhouse? It's an outhouse. It's a hole in the. It, it, it has a moon on the door. And it has uh, deer antlers on the wall for toilet paper holder and a hoof holding the, the towel. So That is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. No, but... But it's general I, neutral. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's put not your own bad. risk. I'll understand some of it, but I promise you I'll still have stupid questions. Hydraulics confuse the hell out of me. I'm not even going to try there. Hydraulics like, confuse the hell out of everybody. Don't, don't, I'm not even going to let you play the female card on that one. Scratches Jesus his Christ. Head at Hydraulics the are miserable. <laughs> they go up and they go down. It's about all we know. The problem is they yeah. decided they to make blow. all these fancy solenoids that, that, you know, one little valve will, will power four different circuits. And it's like, what the F guys? Now, are you seeking advancement and learning more? Like, are you digging more into your career to get a higher advancement and some kind of education? Being out there as a female in the field to just keep up on everything, to tell the men what to do and what they're taking care of and what to expect. Is there anything that you do proactively being a female out in the trade? You know, when I worked for the John Deere construction dealer, they put me in a lot of, you know, management training and everything like that. And actually, you know, when I worked for the ag dealer, I actually had all of my, what they would consider core classes. So I had electrical training. I had hydraulic training. I had all the the basic stuff that they consider core in their group. And I was actually the only manager at the John Deere construction division to have any of that, which was kind of mind blowing to me because you would kind of think that you should at least have your managers trained in what a qualification for. Yeah. Um, and Caterpillar, you know, I've taken a lot of, a lot of training so far. I know I've gotten more, um, and there's definitely, if I ever got an opportunity to actually go sit in and what they call like their technical training classes, like I would 100% go sit in on them if I was ever given that opportunity because I am that oddity, again, that keyword, that oddity. I want to understand how it works. I mean, I love going to the, the tractor pools. I mean, I love going to all these kind of things, the racetrack. I love just understanding how this all works. You know, every once in a while when my husband's working on something out in the garage, like I'll go out there, crawl out there and see what he's doing while also trying not to be in the way while also trying a beer, right? (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time you're in hand or, you know, I sit there and talk his ear off and he probably goes, dear God, woman, please go back to my house. That's where you dump the beer on the ground and say you ran out. Yeah. <laughs> now, what kind of arguments do you and the husband get into with him being a technician? Yeah, that's a great like, what's question. A, what's a, yeah. What's a daily argument? Yeah, do you guys, guys bring the work home? No. I mean, he will listen to me vent and complain about things at work. Like, I guess the thing that probably drives him the most nuts is when I will complain about, I'm 
I am over one of the largest customers in North Texas. I am their essentially point of contact. And he will get to hear me rant and rave about everything under the sky that has to do with them. Like today's rant and rave was that their big head boss came back from vacation today. And the first email that I see from him, the poor man, I don't think he knows how to turn the cap lock off because that's how nice. every... She's just yelling my mother-in-law. Day yeah, long. she just yells yes. every email. Why are you yelling at me? Oh. Uh, his first email back is directed to one of his foremen pretty much telling him that if he doesn't figure out how to pull his head out of his ass, he's going to help him shove it farther up. So he finds <laughs> I want to see, you need to blast that on social media. That (laughs) That is awesome. awesome. (laughs) I was like, oh, good. You're back. Hope your vacation went well. And he's like, oh, it would have been better if things were taken care of. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm sorry. I can't help with that. You guys have at least, I mean, I think at last count, I think they have over 250 pieces of Caterpillar alone iron. Wow. Wow around in the North Metroplex area here in North Texas. And I mean, he goes, my expectation is that we have less than 20 machines down total. And I said, 20 Caterpillar machines. He goes, no, 20 Caterpillar, deer, Komatsu. I don't care. 20. That's it is all I have to have down. And today I thought about that as I was counting my 15 Caterpillar machines. I still have waiting for a technician for them. Going, oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. Way to set a realistic expectation. So I will yeah. say I have some Caterpillar experience. I drove a Challenger. You drove a Cat Challenger? Yeah. What'd you think oh, of that? That's it was crazy. challenging. I plowed fields down that's in New Orleans. That bad. Yeah. Well, you know, fun fact about that. I tilled I'll, dirt. <laughs> I'll give you some fun ag facts about that. So, Years ago, John Deere used to have the CPS combine and the yes. CPS two, yep. and that was like John Deere's premier combine. But for some reason, John Deere decided that they were going to change over to like the STS styles, the ninety five sixties, everything like that, and pretty much release the patent on the CPS. Well, so that's where the challenge. Lexion picked that up, and now Deere is realizing. Oh crap! We fucked was, up. That was a really bad move. You done messed up, AA Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so like a really, really bad move. Wow! So it's kind interesting. Of fun to watch that all come undone there. Yeah, that is interesting. So that's that's kind of another awesome aspect. It's not very often that you have a female that's able to sit here and kind of talk shop and get into some of the more intimate details of things like yeah cat releasing a patent and now lexian's picked up on it and they've got the combine that's awesome that that you've put yourself in a situation that you followed that yeah that that you push through all of the hurdles that you have to deal with as a female and you you do legitimately sit here and talk shop as one of the guys and and what's unfortunate is in the industry you're an oddity you shouldn't be an oddity I guess is where I'm going with that statement. You know, there should be significantly more females that can sit here and have this conversation. But unfortunately, the industry is really, really good at being total assholes 
and really making a lot of hurdles for you to jump over to get to the point that you're at. Oh, yeah, no, I I 100% agree with that. I mean, I will tell you that when I first meet people, I will not openly admit that I know how to drive a tractor because growing up in the ag area, if you know how to drive a tractor, you somehow get conned into driving a tractor. 100%. I do the same thing with my CDL. You don't tell anyone (laughs) you have a CDL unless you have to. Exactly. (laughs) I remember telling one of my technicians when I worked at the ag dealership there, you know, he had asked kindly if I'd be willing to pull in this 9,000 series articulating tractor into the shop for him one morning so he could jump on it as soon as he got in from another call. And I said, yeah, that's no problem. I'll put it in your bay for you. And I turned into the full parking lot of loading bays. Drove right through the parking brake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I got there at 6 a.m. in the morning before anyone else was there, thinking that no one else was there. And here I am pulling this articulating tractor into this bay, and there's about five technicians standing in the shop and my boss staring at me. And my boss goes, I didn't know you could drive a tractor. I said, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I can. Well, you know. And he goes, well, that would have been good to know. I'm like, shit. (laughs) Forgot to put that on my resume. Yeah. So uh, I guess a good question from here is, what are your career goals? What do you want to ultimately do? Do you want to continue to kind of stay where you're at? Do you have aspirations of moving further up the cat food chain? What's, what what do you end up, what do you ultimately want to do? Can I say world domination? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Going full pinky in the brain now. (laughs) Actually, you know, the funny story about that is when I worked at the construction dealer for John Deere, the North or the Texas regional service manager for that company, you know, asked me the same question. And I looked at him flat out and I said, I'm coming for your job. You know, Um, I do have aspirations and goals to move up. And I think the company I work for now definitely is a company I can do that in. Yeah. And I and I think the positive to it for the company that I work for is that it is female owned. One of the owners Ooh, and did not everything. Know that. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah, she is a female and she is actually I'm probably gonna out myself here saying this and that's okay. But her and her brother are actually descendants of Benjamin Holt, who started Caterpillar. So very cool. Yeah, they're they're oh my god, great great grandchildren of Benjamin Holt. Wow. So, so a lot of it is one of those where you kind of look at it and you're like, it's obviously possible. I mean, this female is a huge part of Colton's this just company. sitting underneath his truck right now, working on nothing. Being like, yes, she's going. To <laughs> no, <top>. he's. <laughs> he's He's probably wondering why the hell we haven't had dinner just yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, we fucked that one up. God damn it. It was your fault for forgetting about the podcast. I think we're getting pizza rolls tonight. I think there that's what's wrong with that. <laughs> so that's actually so, another question I just thought of. Uh, you know, Colton seems like a super good guy. I fully intend to already know the answer to this, but are there any weird dynamics? Because because technically you do hold a position that is higher than his position. Is there any uncomfortable dynamics or is he really a champion for you? I 
would definitely say he's a champion for me. I don't think there's any weird dynamics. I mean, even when we both worked um, at the construction dealer for John Deere, um, I was a field service manager over there at one point, and he was a field technician. And there would there would be times if it was my weekend on call that I would look at him and I'm like, hey. I got a down machine and he'd be like, say no more, you know, and like he'd get into service <laughs> truck and go. He grabs his awesome. well, That wasn't code. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's no awesome. No code, I promise. Oh. Well, well, good on Colton. I mean, that is awesome because I know they're, unfortunately, again, because we are such a simple minded species as men, uh, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of guys out there that would have some sort of an issue and, You'd be upset that that their their wife has a role that's technically higher than theirs, but it is awesome that he champions for you and he supports you, and and that is that's awesome that you guys have that relationship. I think that's also because he knows who feeds him at the end of the day. We will do a follow up podcast with Colton here in a week. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll have to have them both call in. <laughs> Absolutely, that yeah. would be a fun one to but have. Keep you it both to on. where they're muted to each other, so they can't hear yeah. each other. Yes, oh, it's like a this dating game. Some, yes, this gets spicy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just gave us some ideas. If there, if there was any advice you could give any of the females thinking about getting into the yeah, great question, trade Rick. and the field, what would it be with it being kind of like man domination? Don't take no as an answer. I, that is my best advice. Do not take no as an answer. And the reason I say that is I'll use, I will use my husband's current boss as a perfect example of this. Um, he was very, very notorious for being very hard on service managers and I mean he'll run you ragged and he knows the system and knows how it works and I remember telling my boss at that time I said fine give him to me like I'll handle it you know and to this day that man is the reason that I have my job at Caterpillar because when I had applied at Caterpillar you know I was no one really knew me over there and I now had they so do. Yeah, I had so many customers call in and actually, you know, recommending. And I remember my boss, my hiring boss called my husband's boss and said, hey, do you know this girl? You know, she applied for this job. Would you recommend her? And I remember my husband's boss flat out told him that they would be a fucking idiot if they didn't hire me. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, this was the person that everyone said no to and wouldn't deal with and just always thought was difficult. But my best advice is don't, don't take no as an answer, buckle down, figure it out, be open-minded and be willing to be a sponge. Yeah. Um, Great advice. I have, just I have met a couple women who are field technicians. Um, I have a, girl in Utah that I talked to. Um, we have a girl that we know down south in Texas. And of course, the girl that I work with who used to be a technician herself. And don't, don't ever hesitate to try something new. I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. There are days where I will would love to be in a pantsuit and be at a law office or whatever. And there are days where 
my ideal day is working on something and getting all disgusting and gross and dirty. And, you know, it's possible to be both in this industry. Um, my husband, I'm sure, would flat out agree that there are days I show up to work looking like I am homeless and probably. <laughs> well, you were, so you're just playing the. It, but, but the flip side of that is your husband loves his pantsuit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I mean, if a person like me who is from California is blonde, a female, you know, whatever can be successful in this industry, it's 100% possible. That's awesome. I so, mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, 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 that's my biggest thing is be willing to try stuff. Be willing to be that sponge because I promise you there are more jobs out there than people realize, especially in this industry. I mean, this industry is a multi-billion dollar business business at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people miss out on that because our schools and our society pegs people to have to be influencers or influencers or to have to go to college or, you know, that's no, don't feel like that has to be your only route. Like go talk to a construction company because there is a lot of different aspects that make that work all the time. Great, great I advice. I see you being Caterpillar's motivational speaker yes. in 2023. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Now, <laughs> I, forever. I do have kind of a follow-up question, uh, and this is something on Diesel and Iron I get asked a lot because Diesel and Iron is geared around getting people into the industry and kind of giving them some basic building blocks. And yeah. so I've come across a fair amount of females who always ask me, like, what's a good piece of advice for someone getting started in the industry? And I feel like if I use my same piece of advice that I use for males, it doesn't quite cover, it doesn't cover it for females because you do have a much harder road to hoe. If, yeah, sorry. I know the word, <laughs> the, the pun there is fantastic, but, <laughs> but all that being said, getting into the industry, if you could go back and, and, and talk to your younger self before you got into this industry, What's something you wish you kind of would have known getting into it so that you could have better prepared for it? Don't be so worried about what other people think. Um, I think being a female, it's very hard because let's just look at society and look at, I mean, look at Instagram, look at Facebook, look at TikTok or whatever that is. And I mean, I feel like women have an expectation that's put in front of them that they have to raise a family. They have to, you know, take care of the house and the home and everything like that. They have to look a certain way. They have to act a certain way. That's not, I wish we would as a society move away from that because there is so many women I think that would do well in this type of industry. And I think there would also be women that could help this industry grow and be better. And we just haven't found them yet because women are so scared to try something like that and be judged for the fact that they want to go turn a wrench and get covered in dirt and grease or that they want to work in something like this. I mean, I've had so many people when I tell them I work for Caterpillar just stare at me and they're like, are you the receptionist? And I'm like, (laughs) No, asshole. I'm a fucking manager. (laughs) No, they work for me. Yeah. And they're Uh, men. I have had people ask, like, oh, do you work in, like, sales or something? And, you know, 
there is those options. If you want to work in sales, I've seen some women who are just badass salesmen, you know, and, or saleswomen. Yes. Yeah. Saleswomen. I'm on it. My bad. I will but, always be wow, here Wow, who's sexist you. now, Kate? Jesus. Cotton's <laughs> getting no, sexy on. Now, not to go away from that, but, you know, being in your position, if you were a man, would you be making more? You know, you don't have to tell us what you make, but is the salary the same? Or are you fighting to get to what you deserve? Ooh, you can put Cat on the spot. You yeah. can do that? You go in there? Uh, you're going to shut this, in, in general, shut the, this the podcast field, the field. down before we've even, even gained our that. wings. <laughs> but are, are you so being paid for you know what that position was? Not because you're a woman and, oh, we can get away with less. You know, cause is, there, is there a pay discrepancy, do yes. you feel? I Thank think is where Totten's going. Yes. Okay, so I won't And where would that be? I won't put cat on the spot because no. I feel like and I, we didn't want I to don't, put that. It's just in the f- general in the field, you know, or yeah. in the industry. I would say yes. And I can say that for a fact because I found out after I left my position at the construction dealer for John Deere, I was one of the senior members there when I left. Mm-hmm. There was probably... There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There were seven of us in that office. And I was the only female in that office. And when I left and was talking with coworkers after the fact, I found out that even though I was the senior member in that office, I was making roughly seven grand less than everyone else in that office. Wow. That's... That doesn't, that's not a good look for John Deere Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think separates like someone in equivalent to your position with you being female? Do you feel like you got the upper hand competing against a male for the same job? Like what pointers do you got for the women that are thinking about getting into the field? Like what sets you apart that you believe? You know, I'm not sure that I've never had anyone ask me that question. What makes me think? Well, we're oh. interviewing here, so ah, damn it! It's after seven o'clock, and you're making my brain work. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of what makes me different and maybe sets me apart from my male counterpart. Um, Is that you think with your brain? <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking, I wish I had that office sound effect where Michael makes the computer say boobs. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to go find that now. Um, (laughs) No, you know, I think the advantage that I have, and if I have to personally reflect on it, is I can think in a lot of different aspects when it comes to something. So I'm not going to look at the black and white facts of it. I'm going to look at that gray too. I mean, I just had a discussion with my boss the other day who was really upset about something that was going on with a technician. And I flat out asked him, I said, this is odd for him. I said, but do you think he's got something personally going on? And my boss kind of stepped back and said, well, no, I didn't think about that. And I said, yeah. you know, 
I'm allowed to see the emotional side of everything and digest and pick it apart and figure out like, okay, is this something that's being a rational thing or is this something that we are acting impulsively on? Um, I'm a person that when I meet people or we're in big meetings, I'm going to sit quietly because I'm going to read the room about everything and try to figure out where people are at because, you know, people can talk a lot. But their body language is going to tell you a lot about how they really feel. You can hear it in their voice. You can hear it in how they react. I mean, I think that helps me and gives me an advantage because I'm one of those people. I'm going to I'm gonna pick your brain and I'm going to watch you squirm a bit and try to figure out what, what makes you tick. Where I think a lot of times when we're in this industry – a lot of my male counterparts are just, is it black and white? Is it yes or no? You know, and I don't always, I don't always think yes or no is a correct answer for everything all the time. Yeah. That's a man. Such awesome insight. Uh, that's awesome, Kate. So first of all, that's something I see play out in my marriage all of the time. Um, my wife and I will be talking about something and, and my wife is so awesome because of, of exactly what you talked about. She will, she will sit and listen to me, go through everything. And I'm, you know, I've already gone through and processed it all. And then she'll fire off a question like you just said. Do you think it's something personal or or some aspect that I haven't even thought about? And all of a sudden, I look through that prism and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, that totally changes this whole situation. And that's that's value that women bring to this industry that doesn't ever get talked about is is those sort of conversations, those sort of insights that we as men are are just physically not to wired to to process, yeah. and that is man, that's that's such awesome insight. And I had another point, but I totally forgot what it was going to be on that. So well, that was amazing. I mean, that's Kate. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you just have to look at it though and realize that. I know we were saying like in today's day and age, we wish things were differently, but I definitely think in today's day and age, you know, my boss and I were having this conversation the other day of how companies are shifting and changing. And it's not always a bad thing, but I also think companies are struggling right now. And I think they're struggling to realize that there is a lot of new growth and a lot of new change. And let's be honest, let's look at it. It is no longer an employer's market. It is an employee's market right now. 100%, yes. They 100% hold a lot of sway. I mean, I was listening to NPR. I am a old person and a young person. I was about to say, how old are you? God damn. (laughs) I go down the NPR rabbit hole quite often. I'm I'm 30, but at the end of the day, I'm like 60 maybe. But no, I like to listen to NPR and I was listening to their marketplace, you know, interviews that they were doing the other day. And they were talking about how right now there is such a high job vacancy in our market and people are struggling to find people to hire because a lot of these potential employees are saying, no, you know, I value X, Y, and Z. And if you can't meet that, then I don't you care, later. you know, yeah. someone else. Yeah. We're, we are definitely and, in a cultural shift from a work standpoint. And that's so we something were just, that we were just talking about exactly what this rabbit hole is right now of you can't find any technicians right now. Is Are you guys actively trying to promote or, brainstorming to get people into the field and start developing new field technicians, whether it's male or female? Has this been a conversation? 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, we just interviewed a potential field technician today. And, you know, there was a couple questions we had asked him. And, you know, besides pay, which obviously everyone knows, pay is king. Money is yep. king. Yep. It's got to pay. They got the rep. <laughs> I am also, and I'm probably, my boss probably hates me at the end of the day for this, but I am a field technician's advocate because I had it explained to me one way that really, really stuck with me. So I have my job. That's great. That's awesome. But at the end of the day, if that field technician is not turning a wrench and is not collecting revenue for the company and selling parts, I don't have a job. I don't have a paycheck. This company does not exist. Our jobs are funded by technicians, 100%. If they're not collecting that revenue, I don't have a job. I don't, it doesn't matter, you know, and I had a boss at one point that said, oh, it doesn't matter. I'd have a job even if they weren't here. And I'm like, um, Mm. how? Yeah. Yeah. How? Yeah. The dealership I used to work for, uh, it, it, we, we kept telling them. You're not going to be competitive if you don't offer any retirement, you don't offer any benefits to service tax. And it blew the owner's mind. He was an old guy in like his 80s, blew his mind that you would ever offer a mechanic a retirement package or or health care. They're not going to turn their wrench their whole life. I mean, we have, if I had to count on my, you know, off the top of my head, we probably have maybe 15 technicians that I would consider older senior mechanics. And, you know, they're all getting to the point where they're about to start retiring. And if you lose that group of technicians, you lose a lot of knowledge. That's what I was about to say. It's not even the the wrench per se that you're losing. It's the knowledge that you're losing. Putting everybody in a plane is crashing. And you're like, what do we do now? You know, and real people are all on the same plane. Yeah, I think I think that knowledge is something companies need to shift their mindset on and say, you know what? I know you don't want to turn a wrench, but I want to use your knowledge in another way. And either that's pairing them up w- with novice and beginner technicians to even just ride along in the passenger seat with them to get them trained and experienced because that is so much knowledge that Let's face it, they're not going to get at like a UTI or a um, Wyotech or whatever. I mean, how many people are going to figure out some of the things these older guys have figured out from trial and error? Yep. Well, we talked a, a lot about that with Colton, actually. He was talking about the knowledge that he gained when he was working at, at the, oh, what was small it? The, the, yeah, the school shop. And, and so many just small tricks that he picked up on that you only learn by doing it in the field or picking it up from an old timer. And, and yep. unfortunately that's something that translates over into all the skilled trades, not just service techs, but you know, we're seeing it all over the board on the operator side, you know, Matt's seeing it all over the board in the building trades. It's all of the old guys are retiring with all of that knowledge. And you have all of these new guys that they can do the basics of what's required but it, when it comes to all of these little tricks to be more efficient and, and be more when the productive. the service book doesn't tell you how to do it. Yeah, oh, they're just man. totally lost. Yeah. Well, they're walking out on the job, and all of a sudden they realize that this machine's tracks blow it off over the hillside in the swamp. You know, there was no textbooks fixed for this. So they're, yeah, they got to start getting creative of like, 
well, shit, we got to yeah. get the track up here and the machine up here. And how the fuck are we going to do this? Yeah. And I mean, back to like your question you were asking, I am 100% an advocate for a field technician. And I think that's because I'm also a field tech wife at the end of the day. Yeah. I may be a field service manager, but I'm going to see both sides of that coin. I'm going to see what it is to be your manager, but I'm also going to see what it is being that wife to the field tech. Yeah, to, to know the, what it's like to walk um, in those shoes. Yes. And, you know, I'm probably everyone's most hated person when it comes to these conversations. But at the end of the day, hey. Yeah. So <laughs> go ahead. Pay, I'm sorry. You know, just pay them. I, I mean, let's be real here. You offer someone to come turn wrenches out, and I know you will understand with the Texas weather and everything, come out and work during the middle of the summer when you are dying from humidity, during the middle of winter when you can't feel your fingers, and yeah. you're going to tell me, I think you're only worth $35 an hour? Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You have to start somewhere, and obviously you're not going to pay a beginner technician $40 an hour, but... I mean, I think there needs the to be an incentive scale, to stick around and go for Yes, I think that pay scale needs to start shifting big time because when you look at it and you look at the costs that these companies are charging for you to come work on your machinery, and let's be real, independent contractors are becoming big. At least here in Texas, I see a lot of customers taking the risk of a independent contractor overworking with a dealership because of the fact that, hey, if I can get this independent contractor to come work on my machine for eighty to a hundred dollars an hour versus your one sixty five, one seventy five an hour, I'm gonna take that yeah. in today's market. Yeah. Well, you're gonna start getting those technicians realizing, okay, they're jumping ship. I can go out there. Yeah, they're jumping ship, and that's. I mean, that's one conversation I had had with my boss. I said, no one wants to hear it. I get it. You gotta make money, but when the people that are turning your wrenches, making that money start jumping ship to go out on their own because they're realizing, you know what? I can take the risk and probably still make more money and make my own hours. They're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got one last question, uh, kind of on the, on the female front for you. Uh, you were just mentioning the fact that you were conducting interviews in the interview process. Do you see any kind of shocked looks when the tech comes in and they're sitting down with a female who's <laughs> conducting the interview? Because I would imagine right there, you've got some awkward dynamics happening. Oh, God. I've been told so many different things when it comes to interviewing. I will first start with that everyone's impression of me when they first see me or meet me is that I am a total bitch. Uh, <laughs> Like, that's not even a joke. Like, my coworker, when I worked at the ad... You have, like, the rusting the bitch face going? Absolutely. Guess, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I guess I do. I mean, even you my don't sound like one in this interview. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I guess I do. My husband says that I have one. And then the coworker that I interviewed before we hired him at the construction Don Deere dealership, he told me, you know, when he came in for the interview that he was absolutely terrified of me. <laughs> Because he thought I was just the biggest bitch. And then he realized that, like, I'm not that bad. And, <laughs> and now fun. you have the Texas, like, Southern accent. Well, so I was going to say, like, that's the thing oh, is, fuck. you know, obviously we can't see you in person. But, like, you have this very soft-spoken Texas accent. Like, nothing 
nothing vocally sounds intimidating no. at this point. <laughs> no. I'll yeah, but you're him. not interviewing for your Well, that's career, true. Yeah, yeah right? that's true. <laughs> you know, I definitely feel, though, like when I do, I do get some really weird looks. Um, I have definitely gotten some looks, even from customers when I've gone out to customer meetings. I mean, prime example was this big customer that I'm over the first time we ever went to meet them when I was taking over their account. I mean, there was five guys that came in to interview and me and talk to us and everything. And I walk in and I, I think about all of them thought maybe I was there to take notes or something. <laughs> and then um, relayed to the man. Yeah. And then realize, you know, and so as my boss was introducing me and saying, Hey, she'll be over your account. I kind of watched them all pivot and then pivot a, back towards each other. That and was you alarming. Can tell it was that <laughs> uncomfortable of, what the hell is going on? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, wait. You know, and I still, it makes me laugh more than anything because I, I get a kick out of it, but I do get some weird looks and definitely during interviews of when they introduce me as a field service manager and potential candidates just have this look like, okay, what alternate universe did I walk into right now? <laughs> well, I would say it would be a little intimidating when you start speaking the terms and the lingo and you're asking the questions and they're just kind of like, holy shit. How does this he receptionist know so me. much? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait for bring donuts to get here. and coffee once she's done asking these questions. I remember asking a technician during an interview, I wanted him to explain to me how this after treatment system worked on a machine. And I'm pretty sure he thought I was just asking him just to make myself sound like I was super smart. And then as we were sitting there having a banter, I can't even remember what the conversation was. And then he said, well, yeah, you know, our diesel or our, um, our desk here crystallizes. And he just looked at me and I'm like, it's urea and he's like what and i was like <laughs> you know and, and there's been there's, there's been many a time and he's like i've never heard of this happening and i said well welcome to texas we go through a lot of dust components because of the crystallization here and he was like oh you know that's funny because uh, so I'm originally from Texas, but I moved away from Texas before we came out with, with tier four final. Yeah. And so it didn't even occur to me, but yeah, I bet you guys go through a shitload of, of uh, after treatment components with the evaporation happening down there in Texas. Oh, exactly. Well, and then on top of it, you know, as you know, our weather is 80 degrees and sunny and flip-flops weather. And then 48 hours, if that later, you're bundled up like an Eskimo. Yeah, absolutely. So I you're shooting everything through different, you know, different situations at that point. And I just, I take it all with a grain of salt. You can make your own opinion of me as you want. You know, I do know, I do know I was out on vacation for about two weeks. And when I came back, each one of my technicians was more than happy I was back, even though I was pretty sure they They're were crawling all... to your door like just help us <laughs> welcome back please don't leave again um <laughs> or keep your I, phone was all, on. <laughs> I was all sure they hated me but 
that's a good feeling to come back from vacation. Yeah, and absolutely. Feel I was going to say, yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome that they were crawling for you to come back as opposed to, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you guys see in the cat side with all your guys' equipment? The biggest problems out there um, from the operators not maintaining? Is it tracks? Is it grease, maintenance, pins, engine oil? Like, what do you what do you see in these days from some of these guys? Um, yes, yes, I, yes, I'm and yes. You, I'm going <laughs> to tell you a lot of that is going to depend upon your which customer it is. So I will use my big customer as a prime example. And my biggest pet peeve with them is they have so much iron and they are the the dirt work that they do in this area is absurd and the timelines they do it in as well i mean they i'm probably going to get these numbers wrong but i'm going to quote them to the best of my memory but they had a job site that they took over and i think he was telling us that they had to move over 100 million yards of dirt Jesus. holy fuck and Jesus. they have they had to do it in three and a half months. Wow. What kind of fucking scraper fleet were they Send running? Send every one of your technicians to sleep there. Wow. <laughs> and I know he was telling me that they expected to do it in three months. It wow. was their expectation. And I said... I I don't fully understand this, but okay, you know, and, but their biggest thing is they burn through machinery so quick. I mean, I have anywhere from two to five technicians at a time, you know. Just dedicated to their jobs. Dedicated to their machinery. And even then, sometimes I feel like I can't keep up. It wasn't enough. And yeah. Sometimes, though, it's for the simple things like they want me just to come spin new fill filters on them. And there's been many a time I've had to, like, take about three minutes and walk away from my desk and go, why the hell can you not put your own fuel filters on? Like, yeah. why am I coming to spin fuel filters on? And yet you've got four down scrapers that are hard down. And yeah. I they, they've got to have their own fuel and lube guy when you're operating at that size. I don't understand that one at all, but they have their own fleet as well. But at the same time, they, if it's a caterpillar machine for a lot of stuff, they're going to hold our feet to the fire. Yeah, for and warranty issues and stuff like that. Yeah. They're paying yes. for the service. Yes, exactly. They're paying for the, they sleep better at night and their investors can sleep better at night too, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, Kate, but, well, we're going to jump back to the best question of the night. Oh, no. If you could change anything, what would your dream job be? This is a Matt motherfucking talking question. This is like my interview question when I interviewed for Caterpillar. And no, that but this was, is our interview if, question. If, if I <laughs> Don't take it away from any, me. If I could get rid of any state in the United States, why would it be? Or what state would it be and why? Oh, wow. And I, I was totally caught off guard, but if I could, oh, it's got to be horse related. Let's go back to that I one. Guess real quick. What, is, uh, what is your state? California. Oh, oh. See, and <laughs> and now right. you're in Texas. Now back to I, mine. See, I already sucked. ripped your. I already ripped your husband a new one because I'm a Texan, and all you <laughs> fucking Californians moved in there. And <laughs> if I if 
I could get rid of any state, it would be my home state. And that's because it's just filled with idiots that can't learn from their own mistakes. Yep. And Sorry. that's the sad part of Sorry it. Sorry, anyone moved, that lives in California. No, so. I'd move to Northern California in a heartbeat if it wasn't for the fact that it costs so fucking much money to live there and there weren't so many fucking idiots. 100%. Yes, exactly. I agree. I agree. <sighs> No, actually, your you dream guys, job. <laughs> Back what to the most fucking talking question. Dream job. <laughs> probably be surprised by it, but I would actually like to be a divorce or family lawyer. Really? I've thought for sure this was going to be a horse answer, and you're going for really? divorce court. I think that sounds de- <laughs> like horrible. Yeah, that's the most depressing answer we've ever had to this question. I want to help tear families apart. No, <laughs> or no. build them or bring them back together. I'm going to fuck you up. It has, it has good intentions, and I would actually love to be a family lawyer, and I would love to be an advocate for fathers. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to use my poor husband as an example here. Um, my husband has two children and I can promise you that man's been through the ringer with the mother of his children. Yeah. Things are much better now. We all get along. But if there's one thing I've learned through all of it is dads get screwed over yes. 100%. Unless yeah. the mom is like shooting up drugs in the middle of the courtroom like the judge thinks she could be heaven. And I have always just that blows my mind that dads don't get the recognition. I really think they should. And I would love to be a family lawyer that is an advocate for fathers. Like we appreciate that. I was about to say, you totally brought that one full circle to where I'm totally backing yeah, you, but yeah. but man, to start with, I was like, sweet Jesus, Phew. we got Ursula on the fucking yeah. podcast. <laughs> I was thinking like a professional fisherman or something. Woman. <laughs> Those poor unfortunate yeah. souls. <laughs> or you wanted to be a, a veterinarian <laughs> or a biologist. Okay, I'd like to thank you for your time and coming on here with us. Absolutely. It, it was amazing. You blew us away. So so I would not only like to thank you for being on, but also I would like to thank you from an industry standpoint of putting up with all of the bullshit that we as men put you guys through as females. Uh, and, and thank you for all the insight. Like, on, in all honesty, this has been really, really insightful for for us as guys. So thank you for all of that. Yeah, thank absolutely, you. of course. I, like I said... I'm sure I'm an oddity. You probably should put a disclaimer on there that everything I have said may not get you in good situations. It may get you in okay situations. But, you know, I I think unless we're having the conversations and we're being more open about it, things won't change, you know? Very true. I definitely am 100% on being an advocate for women in this industry because I don't think this industry can grow in the way it needs to grow without that kind of, you know, different mindset. Well, I will tell you from, from what I've seen so far through Diesel and Iron, you are not the oddity you think you are. And, and I really appreciate all of tonight because this is going to be a podcast. I point females to that ask me questions because you you totally nailed it. You hit it right on the head with so many of, of the points slam. that you made. Yeah. So so again, thank you. 
Uh, for everyone listening, obviously, as always, we're going to ask if you're on an Apple platform, please give us a review. Please give us, uh, you know, an actual five stars. That helps us significantly. We always appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you guys on the next episode Kate, of Sweat and Grime. Go we'll oh, make what? your husband some pizza rolls. That's right. You better grab him <laughs> a beer in the, <laughs> in the shop there. Good night. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you.